Hi, welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Katie, and I am doing a solo episode, and we're still married. It is odd. <laughs> I've never done the solo the solo episode thing before, but I wanted to also give my six tips on supporting your unbelieving spouse. Here we go with tip number one. Allow your spouse to be a part of groups that help them. Early on, I had someone that said to me, gosh, do you just hate that your husband is in the subreddit ex-Mormon? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was on his computer one day and I saw the tab for the ex-Mormon subreddit group. And I was really surprised that he had been on it. And I clicked on it and, you know, there's just some really polarizing views there and a lot of anger there. And so I was really upset when I found out that he had been on on this group site. And then as time went on, he also told me about some of the Facebook groups he was on also. I remember one comp general conference, he was in a chat group with a bunch of people and as the general conference was streaming live, he and this group were just constantly chatting about what was being said. And I got ticked at him. I was super mad because I felt like you should just, if you have something to say, you should say it to me. Now in hindsight, I know that I couldn't have listened to what he had said because I know that as soon as he said something, I would clam up and I would become defensive and I would double down on things. Now be, have been, been through this for quite some, not quite some time, but a couple of years, I realize that I could not mentally be there for my spouse when he needed it, when he needed to, to say things that he was feeling hurt about, when he wanted to talk about ideas, I could not be the person to do it. And these Reddit groups, these Facebook groups, they were there for him. And I actually was really grateful for that. And now I feel grateful for it because um, they were there when I couldn't be. Allow your spouse to find a network of people to be supportive to, that he can meet with, he can chat with online. I mean, of course, in the parameters that you both set and in a, I don't know how to put it, in a very respectful way, but make sure that they have someone just as much as you need a cheerleader and you need support. They need that also. So that would be my first piece of advice. Okay. Number two, your spouse is hurting just as much as you are. You know, um, I have said a lot of harsh things during this process and my spouse has said a lot of harsh things, but I think one thing that I realize is you know, Alan never did this to hurt me. And he was hurting at a time where I felt like I was the victim. I felt like it, everything was happening to me and nothing was happening to them. And that couldn't have been farther from the truth. He was hurting as well. We're both grieving for different things. He's grieving for a loss of spirituality, a loss of identity, and you're grieving for the life that you wish or you thought you would have. Those expectations of your future together is gone in that way. And so my advice is to grieve together and share in the hurt. When you're hurting and he's hurting, 
just recognize that you both are in the same place for different reasons. I finished a great book called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. If you haven't listened to it, it's just excellent. But um, we, we, there's a lot of talk of this idea of sitting in your pain. And, you know, really sitting in your pain means feeling that discomfort, feeling that pain that you both are going through, but then moving on from that together. Where there is great, where there is growth, there is discomfort and there is pain. And as long as you're moving forward, um, that discomfort is okay. That's like, that's, that's an emotion that we need to feel and we need to know, um, and help each other really. Number three, patience. Okay, this, as you know, takes so much patience. Be as patient as you can going through this. There is so many, there's an array of emotions, and it's a process. You know, when Alan went through an angry phase, and some may say, like, did you even go through an angry phase? He did. He went through an angry phase. There were a lot of really angry feelings and and hurtful things that came out. And I was great sometimes at being patient and other times I was not. But you have to understand that they're going through the grieving process and anger is going to be part of it. As long as you show your spouse love and, you know, I think that not having fear about about what they're experiencing and you don't want them to feel anger. You don't want them to be upset. These are like normal emotions that they have to go through. So patience is key. You know, I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of praying that, that really helped my patience. And I felt like I was, I was pretty patient for a while. Um, there were times where I, I would blow up and, and I wasn't as patient with some of the other things that he told me, but Anyway, patience is a virtue. If you can just be as patient and kind and loving as possible, that will be so helpful and so much appreciated to your spouse. Number four, allow your spouse to respectfully speak their truth. Okay, so this is a hard one. And I think this for us, this is a more recent one. You know, Alan, he is... (laughs) I mean, I think all of you know, he's a really like awesome, really trying to like build bridges type of guy. I do not like to cause pain or hurt or discomfort to anyone. And in that, I think sometimes Alan really likes to build bridges and he does it in a way that will cause people discomfort. And I'm specific, specifically talking about Facebook. He puts a lot of opinions on Facebook, both in our marriage on a tightrope group and as well as in his own personal feed. And that personal feed is full of like my loved ones and my friends And um, I know that they read what he says, and it's hard on them. It can be hard sometimes for me to read it, which I'm actually not on Facebook, but he a lot of times will show me what he posts and the comments. Um, It's just so that I know. But I, I can't tell him, don't post. 
I can't tell him stop, stop speaking about this with anyone. That's not, that's not my place. And I would never want to do it because he would wither and die. Honestly, he is, he has the right to speak his own truth, just like I have the right to speak mine. And I may disagree with the manner and way he, which, which he does it. That that's, I mean, that's neither here nor there, but let him or let her, whoever your spouse is, speak their truth to to those around them. But do it, make sure it's done in a respectful way. And as long as you both are respectful, you know, when you talk to your kids, maybe, you know, I absolutely will let my spouse speak their truth about what they agree with, with the church and what they don't agree with. That's their place. They can say that. But it just, as long as it's done in a respectful way, I think that it can be a really positive thing for you and your kids. Also, when speaking to each other, sometimes it's hard to hear what what Alan has to say to me about his own truth. And when he does, when he takes the emotion out of it and he's talking to me in a kind way so that I can... Um, understand. And I think that's the key, right? Like I really try to seek for understanding. And when I go, when I, when I go into it with that mindset, um, then you can have respect on both sides and, and not have these discussions that are so emotionally charged as much as you can let your spouse speak their truth, what, whatever that may be, but just in a respectful way. And if you can both decide on how that should be done, great, more power to you. Number five, try to be flexible. My, I feel like so much of what I have believed about my Sundays or about church or about, you know, quite a lot of things, actually, my views have changed over time. And I don't see this as a bad thing. This isn't negative. Uh, I see it more as a broadening of my understanding, just being able to be more flexible. So let me give you an example. Uh, today in church, they're talking about proclamation of the family. And Alan was extremely hesitant and worried about that and specifically our kids being taught that. And, um, so he said, you know, I, I'm worried about this Sunday. What should we do? And I said, let's have Alan church. So today we got up, he made us breakfast. We created a giant candy bar poster for my brother-in-law who's turning 40. And, and so we did that as a little service. And then we wrote notes to this sweet old lady who, who left our neighborhood and moved into a senior living center and went and got her some flowers and took it over to her. I think before I wouldn't have been as flexible, I would have felt like this would be something that was off limits or we shouldn't have done because traditionally you go to church on Sunday and this is how it is and this is how it should be. But um, I could understand enough that of his concern to know that, you know, I, well, we, let's just try something different and that's okay. And there are ways that you can be flexible in not obeying maybe the letter of the law, but more of the spirit of the law in what works for your family. It doesn't work for everyone, but it may work for your family. And along those lines, just know that you can change your mind about things. If you 
learn something or your spouse tells you something and you start feeling differently, it's okay to change your mind. It doesn't take away from your testimony and it doesn't take away from who you are. But you can just look at it again as a broadening your and expanding your mind and being able to see and feel things in a different way. I mean, I can tell you that 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 is a really, really wonderful thing. Okay, my last tip is to ask your spouse what they need to feel loved. And when I say this... I think this goes both ways, so maybe this is twofold for both of you, but this is a really scary time that you're going through, and I think sometimes because of the uncertainty that you feel and the uncertainty that your spouse feels about your future, you can have kind of a crisis of of wondering where you stand in your spouse's eyes and where your spouse stands in your eyes. And Alan has always been like a pleaser. He has always wanted to just make me happy and always wanted me to feel safe and loved. And I realized that in the beginning, when he, when all of these things were happening and he came out to me and he was telling me his opinion and he was feeling angry, I wasn't loving back. I I didn't worry about what he was feeling. I was just worried about what I felt. And I know that that caused him a lot of pain and really um, anxiety within himself to, to thinking like, oh my gosh, is he, she going to leave me? Is she going to, she going to want me anymore? Um, we talk about like love languages or we talk about the anagram the type of personality you are and why you act the way you do. Those are all good and well, but it comes when it comes down to it, there were specific things that Alan needed from me. He needed me to tell him, to give him verbal confirmation and affirmations. And he needed me to show him that I that I loved him despite the hard things that were happening. Be vulnerable with your spouse. Ask him or her, what is it that they need from you for, for them to feel secure and loved? Because it goes it goes both ways. They they're hurting. They they want your love. They want your respect. And there are things that we can absolutely do in order to help them. Anyway, those those are the things that have been on my mind. I hope that any, some, one, or maybe none of these tips um, are actually helpful to you. I know that if you really think about um, what your spouse needs during this time, you'll be able to come up with your own list. Maybe it's not my list and that's fine. Maybe you can find your own list in ways of being supportive um, to your spouse and in a way that they need. And um, hopefully this was helpful. You can follow us on Instagram at Marriage on a Tightrope. You can join our Facebook group that Alan's in charge of, on, and it's Marriage on a Tightrope. And also, you can email us, um, and we are Marriage on Tightrope at gmail.com. We are excited. We have a few interviews coming up, one with Natasha Helfer-Parker and another one with Richard Osler, and he um, has the podcast Listen, Learn, and Love. Both really excellent speakers, so I'm excited for that. 
Last night we had a really cool experience. We went to the Saturday Salon and uh, Margaret Toscano and her husband, Paul, were both there. And it was just incredible. The people that came and put it on, really, we got to listen to Margaret and then we had a roundtable discussion and it was it was extremely fascinating and you know, I think we found a good a group a good group of community and people. So uh we will have there'll be another Saturday salon that they'll do. We're hoping to do one maybe once a month. So we will get more information out to you if you would like to be a part of that and join us. We would love to have you. We always love meeting more of you out there who feel the same way as us. Until next time.